Hey everybody, it's Larissa Miller. This is a message about the overarching narrative, the biblical narrative of humankind. Where did we come from? What happened before we were created? What was in God's heart for mankind before we even stepped foot on the earth? And where are we in that timeline and what is to come? I hope it blesses you. I hope that you are provoked to lose your life, to find it in the larger narrative of who God is, how amazing he is, that he holds the stars in his hands. He calls them each by name, and yet he knows the hairs on your head and a thought before you think it. Be blessed today. Okay, all right, all right. Heidi Ho, hello. Hello, have a seat. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? What a beautiful crowd. Hi. <laughs> Who said hi, Mom? I can't be your mom. Come on now. Huh. I have so much in my heart to share with you tonight, and we need the beautiful spirit of God to direct what he wants to direct. So will you pray with me? Yeah. Close your eyes. Lord. Oh, we want to hear from you. We want to be transformed by your presence. We thank you for what you've already done in here, Lord Jesus. And so I just want you wherever you are. If you, if you want more of him tonight, tell him, give me ears to hear, Jesus. Give me eyes to see. I want to hear from you. The Holy Spirit will bear witness to you what he wants to reveal to your, you tonight. So we ask you, Lord, that you would open our minds to understand the scriptures. We want to know you, Jesus, as you are revealed. We pray right now, Lord, that you would tear down every false image that we have of you. Everything that we've heard, taught, thought, assumed about you that isn't right. Would you renew our minds? We present ourselves to you, Lord. We present ourselves to you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> if you have a Bible, you're going to need it. I hope you, if you don't have a Bible, I'll buy you one. <laughs> I bet you have a phone, though. Oh. Um, I wanted to encourage you about our fast, in case you didn't catch on. We've been doing a fast. I think we started January 3rd. My birthday's on the 4th, so I didn't start till the 5th, but y'all started on the 3rd. Um, I feasted on my birthday, but y'all started on the 3rd, and uh, I just want to encourage you that um, we fast in faith, and so I, you know, we still got how many days left? Uh, a week? We have a week left, so I want to encourage you, if you haven't participated, you can jump on right now. Um, if you have and you fell off the wagon, you can jump back on. 
Um, there's no rules <laughs> about how it works because we fast in faith. I think the best way probably to fast biblically is to truly fast food, fast from food. Um, but you can do like a Daniel fast, which some people do just fruits and vegetables. Um, but I, I guess the idea is that you would, your soul would feel a little bit of a, of a vacuum, <laughs> Is the concept is like, that's what it will do to you. And so um, I want to, I was just thinking of a funny story. Can I share this with you? Uh, I've been walking with the Lord by his precious grace for um, 16 years now, intimately walking with him and I remember the first time I fasted, I was 24 years old, and I hadn't really been around, I'm a pastor's kid, but I hadn't been around fasting, and it was my first time to fast, and I just, I I think I want to make, I want to make this very accessible for you tonight. So wherever you are, however old you are, you can do this. I was dating a boy, (laughs) I was 24, I was dating this guy, and I had a feeling like it wasn't the best relationship, like I shouldn't continue with it. But I didn't know what to do about it. I was too, I was just, you know, I was a girl, whatever. And so our, I decided I'm going to fast about this. My first fast in my life. So I will never forget, I decided to fast a whole day, which was a huge deal for me. If you've never fasted, a whole day is a really long time to go without food, right? And I fasted that whole day. I was so hungry, but I was just asking all day long, Lord, would you just speak to me about this? I don't know. Do something with it. Here it is. I don't know what to do. And that evening, all my USM students know this story, right? That evening, I um, got a phone call. I'll never forget. I can remember exactly where I was or I was standing. It was raining outside. And the boy called me and broke up with me. <laughs> and... Uh, And I started laughing hysterically. I was like, you have no idea God is real. (laughs) And he's like, what? I just, and I'm telling you that, here's the thing, is that this this 24-year-old me, that was a very real thing in my life. And many of you are probably in a situation like that where you don't know, like, is this what I should be doing? And I did that in faith with the amount of faith that I had, and he answered me. And so that may seem trivial and small, but for that 24-year-old Larissa, it was not trivial and small. It was God seeing me, knowing me, answering me, listening to me. And so fast, I guess that's my point. And it can look a variety of ways, but God wants to meet with you, encounter you, show you his love, show you how close he is. Oh, he's so, so close. He's so close. I want to, um, I don't know what that song was y'all were singing. I know it was Psalm 139 essentially is what we were singing about. I can go make, go to the heights, go to the depths, you're there. And Something that's been on my heart as we've been entering into this this Maranatha series. How many of you were here last week? Michael talked about the covenant of redemption. If you haven't listened to it, I highly, highly recommend you go listen to it. Because 
what we're doing in this season, the Lord's been showing me this season for our community is so important because we're developing a root system in the big narrative, the big, big biblical narrative of God. What do I mean? I mean that you, if you don't have a root system, if your roots don't deepen in this season, you are, you are in danger of being swept away by all kinds of things. Because we know biblically, Jesus says that the love of many in these last days will grow cold. And what you need, upper room, hear me, you need roots that go down deep. And as Michael and I have been praying about how we're gonna unpack, how we're gonna co-labor with the Lord, what he's revealing to us about this Maranatha cry of his return, one of the things is this is, is planting you, where do you fit in the biblical narrative? Like the big, 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 big one from the beginning of time until the fulfillment of all things. Where do you fit? You need to know that. You need to know that. It will frame everything about your life. It will help you so much. It will make the best filter for your choices. So here's what I'm saying is that when we sing about, if, he's everywhere. You know, he knows the, can you just touch your hair for a minute? He knows the number of hairs on your precious head. And if one just fell out while you did that, he knows now how many there are. That's what that Psalm says. Does that blow your mind? Listen to, I don't know if you can flow with me, Art. Are you back there, Art? What's up? Hi, Danny. Um, go to Psalm 147. Verse 3. I hear so many pages flipping. <clears throat> He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Keep going. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. What I'm trying to do is somehow position us in the tension of the God who determines the number of stars and calls them each out by name and the God who knows the number of hairs on your head and knit you together in your mother's womb. It's like one of my favorite songs we sing is, is to the one, to the one who holds the stars and the one who holds my heart. This is the insanity of the love of God, of the majesty of God. I just was uh, looking up about the number of stars. I'm sorry I didn't have a slide made for this, but listen to this. Pay attention, ready? Scientists estimate the number, oh, oh, wait, wait, here I am. Oh, it starts with the grains of sand. Ready? Scientists estimate the number of sand grains, how many it would say to fill a gallon jug. Using the latest geological studies, they calculate the total volume of sand on the earth. 
Scientists estimate the Earth contains 7.5 sextillion sand grains. That is 75 followed by 17 zeros. Uh, just think about it for a second. That's a lot of sand. Astronomers calculate the total number of stars in the universe by studying nearby galaxies, ones in which we can count the stars to see how many it takes to make a galaxy shine. Then based on detailed counts of galaxies we can see and making conservative estimates of how many we can't see, they estimate the total number of stars in the universe. Our universe contains at least 70 septillion stars, seven followed by 23 zeros. Astronomers estimate there exist roughly 10,000 stars for each grain of sand on Earth. Let me say that again. There are 10,000 stars for each grain of sand. Now go to Psalm 139. Verse 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. What was that, seven, 75 with 17 zeros? If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. I just need you to see for a moment who we're singing to. There is no way I can do it justice, but I just wanted to show you the tiniest glimpse that I think, I don't know, I'm going out on a limb, but I think every night he's there calling each star out. They all have names. How many did we say? Seven, seven, 70 septillion, seven followed by 23 zeros. And the thoughts he has about you, <laughs> is your brain gonna explode like mine? I need a mathematician in here. You see, I think one of our problems, like in, in big Western church, American Christianity, is that we've made a gospel where we are the center of the story. And we love, uh, rightly so, we love to sing about how many thoughts he has about me. Or how great are the plans he has for me to prosper me and not to harm me. And that's true and beautiful. But when I am the center of my own universe, man, I'm crashing and falling hour by hour. I'm up and I'm down and I'm up and I'm down and I don't know right from left and I don't know why I'm here, what I'm doing, where I fit. And yet, there is this narrative that is mind-blowing and, and, and beautiful 
that you've been purposely and intricately grafted into before the foundation, <laughs> before the foundation of the world. And so are you significant? Yes. Does he have plans to prosper you and not to harm you? Yes. But when it becomes about that, we lose something. Because you were meant to lose your life to find your life. You, you the best thing about, about worship, about giving yourself over to him is because you forgot about you. You forgot about you and how you got offended at that thing or whatever. And you're lost in his majesty and his beauty. And you're not determining whether he's worthy of worship based on how good your day went that day. Because you know that there's a huge story and a God who in mercy and kindness chose me before the foundation of the world. And that, who defeated death in Hades, who holds the keys, and yet he's the one who knows the thoughts I have before I think them. Like this tension of the magnitude of who he is and the, the intimacy that he has with me and with you, like this is the God that we worship. But I, I feel like, you know, we've been, we're crying out, we've been crying out Maranatha and we're, we're like, we're pressing in to understand what does it mean that he's coming back and, and why, and, and then we'll talk about Israel and don't you find yourself sometimes thinking, what's that have to do with me? Can't you give me the message, Larissa, about how to, how to, how to evangelize my roommate? What does that have to do with me? What about my 10 steps for growing spiritually? But what I want to tell you is that you grow by losing yourself in the big narrative. Who is this God who chose me, who grafted me in, who found me, who's speaking to me, who mercifully is revealing himself to me and who I get to throw myself into whatever he wants to do in my generation? I'm going to say this like 20 different ways because I'm trying to get it out of my heart and into the air. Why does Israel matter? Why does it matter? It matters because it's his people. And if he matters to you, they'll matter to you. It matters because it's a place he's returning to. It matters because it's the tree that you were grafted into. And Paul says, be afraid that you could lose what you've been so mercifully grafted into. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw fear at you, but I am reading the Bible. I mean... I'm going to go into some things. We're going to review this covenant of redemption, but I just, I needed to give you the thesis for the night. Are you with me? Let's look at Romans 11. I feel like one of the things that the Lord has called us to do is to keep 
is to, you know, they say you have to hear something, I don't even know how many times before it actually begins to sink in. And I feel like one of the things that he's called us to do is just to keep saying the same thing until we begin to grasp it as part of our DNA. Can I tell you a funny story? David will remember these days. Um, when, we, when we first started the upper room, we would start worship. <clears throat> you got somebody up here playing. And for at least months, maybe years, I don't know, maybe someone else can remember, I would have to get up and say, stand up, sing, lift your hands. We're worshiping, like engage. Can you see him? Sing to him because people would just feel like this. Is that funny now? I mean, that's comical now, because now sometimes I want to be like, calm down. <laughs> just take a deep breath. Not really. I love it. I'm just kidding. I, I don't feel that way. Back in the day when we were at the vet clinic, we had this floor um, that was scarily unstable. That when people would get really rowdy in worship, some of y'all remember, we, they would be jumping and the floor would bow. It, it had nothing underneath it. It was on a second floor. And so if you were on the ground outside, you could see the floor of the overhang thing bowing in worship. And my kids were little then, and I used to stand by the pole in worship because I think if this thing goes down, at least I'm going to hold on to this. <laughs> I didn't tell anyone that, but that was my secret plan. Why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story because it took some time to build a culture of worship. Well, now when somebody new comes through those doors, uh, no one needs to explain to them, we're going to worship. Because now it's clear, this is what we're doing. Right? We can all still grow in our understanding of worship and how we do it, but, but that's... That's in the DNA of who we are, right? And so one of the things with the, the cry for him to return, what does it mean? What, what is Israel? How do we fit into this big narrative? This is one of those things that I feel like I'm having to get up and be like, stand up. <laughs> I feel like the Lord is just inviting us to just chew and chew. It's like eating the biggest steak of your life and you're just having to just take one bite at a time and chew because it is something we didn't, if you grew up in church, you didn't grow up hearing it. Most of us. Yes. I mean, I didn't, I did not grow up understanding this and I'm still growing in my understanding, but I feel like you're going to hear us and you may even get annoyed. Like I'm sure people got annoyed with me back in the day, but I feel the invitation from the Lord to say, don't give up. Just keep chewing this steak. Just keep chewing on it. And eventually you'll get fat. <laughs> um, okay. Romans 11. Oh. <clears throat> oh, there's a lot here. I don't know where to start. Okay, let's just 
start in verse 13. Why do the Jews matter? Why does Israel matter? For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. For if their being cast away is the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, the lump also is holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off and you, say me, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of unbelief, they were broken off and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. On those who fell, severity, but toward you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? This, he goes on to talk about the fullness of the Gentiles. and I mean, there's so much here. But here's the point, is that we are this, these little branches that by the mercy and grace of God got grafted into a storyline that started way long before by the one who created the 70 septillion stars and is calling them all out by name and yet knows the number of hairs on your head. And I think it's so important that you understand where you fit in this timeline. Who are you? Why does it matter to you? It matters a lot. It matters a lot. So, are you guys good? All right, let's talk about this covenant of redemption. This whole story, when I talk about this big biblical narrative, began with a covenant before the beginning of time. Do you guys remember the holy huddle? Who... Can it, who wants to be, you want to be in my holy huddle? Oh, come on, Veronica. Come on, you get to be, oh, who do you, you, you want to be the Holy Ghost? Come on, Pam. What if we have an all-female huddle? We'll offend everyone tonight. Come on, Nicole. Shandra, come on. No, not me, I'm not in it, I'm not in it, I'm not in it. Okay, you guys, okay, so here's this agreement. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Whatever, you know they're not female, but fine, it's fine. Neither is me, they're male nor female. All right, so they have this agreement between them before the beginning of time, initiated by the Father. And the, the Father said, we're gonna have to do this to rescue them. And the Son says, okay, I'll go. Oh, Jesus, thank you. 
You remember when he was in that garden? Whew. And then the spirit said, yep, I'll empower him. I'll go down into the depths of hell and raise him from the dead. And now you got to do the thing, the thing. Okay, but here's, here's the part that I'm always trying to get Michael to add into the holy huddle. You know where you and I were? Yep, we were right here. There we, no, 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 do your thing, yep. We were right here in the middle. Before the foundation of the world, they said, we're gonna have to rescue them. Okay, okay, now I'm claustrophobic. Okay, okay, thank you ladies. You guys can clap for them. I've got several scriptures and I don't know which one to land on. Let's go to 1 Peter 1. And I'm kind of thinking, all right, starting in verse 17, let's, if you can pull up the Passion Translation, I think that would be a nice, uh, a nice little shift. Don't worry. I read the NKJV for those of you who are feel worried. <laughs> Nervous Nellie's here. Is that possible, Art? Can you do that? Oh, all right. This is so good. I just thought sometimes it helps. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. (laughs) Keep going. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. What were you, what happened to you with the blood of Christ? You were what? You were redeemed as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Keep going. He indeed, oh, this isn't the DPT. That's okay. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. What does foreordained mean? It's such a religious word. That's why I liked it in the other. What does foreordained mean? Come on. It was a pre, it was planned ahead of time, right? Who was foreordained? Who? The lamb, the spotless one. Before when? but was manifest in these last times for who? Say me. Okay. Keep going. He was indeed foreordained. Who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Okay, we're going to keep going because this is so good. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Keep going. Having been born again, this is key, not of, come on, read it, corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Okay, we're gonna finish this out because now he's quoting Isaiah 40. All flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and his flower fails away, falls away. But the word of the Lord 
endures forever. Now this is the word by which by the gospel is preached to you. The, now you and I were born again of a what? Come on, we just read it. Of a, a seed. Of an incorruptible seed. Now we know that there was this agreement before the beginning of the time that of, of the time of time that God made with God. We're gonna rescue humanity. We know they're gonna mess it all up and we're gonna rescue them. God agreed with God, and you and I, by his mercy, are just caught in the middle. Are you with me? So we know what happens. We know that the serpent came, Genesis 3. Eve was deceived. She ate the fruit, and this is what the curse that God gave her was. Can you go to Genesis 3? I need you to see the thread of the seed. Because I need you to understand that what's in you is beyond your ability to get it right or wrong. <laughs> All right, this is what the Lord, this is the Lord's response, Genesis 3.14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I, here it is, and I will put enmity, like hatred, strife, between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Who is the seed of Eve? Jesus is. What is this incorruptible seed that you've been born of? You've been born of this seed that was promised. This is our first insight into this covenant of redemption. That there was a promise before Eve did anything that there was gonna be a seed come through her. Now watch this, I learned this from our friend Kyle Martin. We know then that the world got really evil and wicked. So if you flip over a page or two to Noah, look at I just need you to follow the trail of this seed. Genesis chapter five, verse 32, 532. And Noah was 500 years old, praise God. And Noah begot, look, here's the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Can you remember those? Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So then we know that God destroyed the earth they got in the ark. They saved all the animals. Got hooted, hooted, hoot. No. No, that was Jonah. What's the ark one? Hmm. Arky, arky. Hmm. It's somewhere in there. Okay. Genesis 9, verse 12. We know the whole story of the ark. I hope you do. Now God makes another covenant. And he says, I'm gonna put a rainbow in the clouds and this will be the sign. Verse 15, 
I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. I love that it wasn't just to humans. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Now, soon after... We know that Noah, flip a page or follow along the end of this chapter, Noah uh, plants a vineyard. He gets drunk and this weird thing happens with his sons. Ham goes in there and he sees his dad naked and he comes and exposes his dad to his brothers. Questions about what went on there, it doesn't say. We can guess. Here's the point, is that Ham exposes his dad but his two brothers... Shem and Japheth put a cloak on their shoulders and walk backwards into the room and cover their dad. Now I need you to see something about this seed. This is what Noah, this is the first time we see a man cursing another man. Verse 24. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. Then he said, cursed be Canaan. Canaan's the son of him. Okay, so follow me. Ham's the one who uncovered his dad or exposed his dad. Now Canaan is Ham's son. Are you with me? Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren. And he said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. And may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth. And may he dwell in the tents of Shem. And may Canaan be his servant. Do you know who, who Solomon enslaved to build the temple? The Canaanites. Ham, the father of Canaan. This came to pass. Shem, he says, the God of Shem Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. And then he says that Japheth will dwell in the tents of Shem. The seed of Christ from Abraham all the way down the lineage to Noah, now to Shem, is, it's coming through Shem's line. The seed of Christ, the genealogy of Jesus comes through the line of Shem. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. Japheth, the descendants of Japheth, were Gentiles. It says in, in chapter 10, from in verse 5, talking about, uh, you can start in verse 4. The sons of Japheth, uh, no, 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 the, verse 2. The sons of Japheth were Gomer, da, 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 the sons of Gomer, the sons of Javan. Verse 5, from these the coastland peoples of the Gentiles were separated into their lands. What's my point? <laughs> my point is there's a line of a seed that's going from Adam and Eve to Noah through Shem, who Canaan is going to serve, and Japheth is going to dwell in the tents of Shem. This is the olive tree. We are, <laughs> for for for. To simplify, we are the descendants of Japheth, the Gentiles, that get to dwell inside the tents of Shem. This is the 
incorruptible seed that has redeemed you from the foundation of the world. It's been following a line of real people. Real people with real hair and freckles and whatever. For thousands of years, this seed followed a line until it was birthed through a virgin. And you and I have been born of this seed. And look at, look at John chapter 12, verse, I think, 24. <clears throat> this is Jesus talking about himself. He says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground, or a seed of wheat, falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. What did Jesus do with the seed of his life? He died. He chose death. Who, he who loves his life verse 25, will lose it. And he, he's preaching to himself. He's preaching to himself. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. He is the seed that we were born of. Put your hand on your, 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 your gut. When you are born again, there is something inside of you that's incorruptible. This seed that is a seed that bears like seeded fruit from the one who sowed his life into the ground. You are of that same seed. Right? That's what seed bearing fruit does. It bears the same kind of fruit. You see, there was something in plan and in play that you were mercifully brought into. And I guess what I'm trying to sort of whet your appetite for tonight is that there was something that you were born into that is also uh, still has a trajectory, if you will. There is still an unfinished portion to what we're talking about. We have the deposit of the Holy Spirit, yes? We have an engagement ring. But we don't have the fullness. We don't have the fullness. And I think sometimes we don't have a cry in us that's like, Jesus, come, Maranatha, return, because we don't touch much pain. We touch like I ran out of gas or I, someone broke up with me or what. But most of us aren't touching the kind of pain that the most of the world touches. That's crying out. Lord, return. I was with someone this year that lost their children, a mom that lost her children. And she said to me, I just want him to come back. 
so I can be with my kids. I don't know how many of you have lost someone in the last couple of years, but when you lose someone who's a believer, the veil becomes very thin to you. You become so aware that there's another reality that you begin to long for. I know my, my grandmother, she's 91, and she loves listening to sermons, reading books, all about heaven. Because she has so many people she loves there waiting for her. <coughs> and she can't wait. And some of us, I just feel the Lord's invitation drawing us forward that yes, there's this beautiful redemption that we've been birthed into. We've been ransomed. We've been redeemed. And he has a plan for your life. But you're also caught up in the thrust of a river that's going somewhere. There's an end in mind. And you do have a part to play. But it doesn't revolve around you. And that should be a breath of fresh air. All right, stand up. We're just going to pray a little bit. You can look forward in the next few weeks. We're going to unpack what theologians call the backbone of the Bible, the covenants. The Adamic covenant, the Noahic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, the Davidic covenant, the new covenant, so that you can really begin to understand where we are, where we fit, and where this thing is headed. So that's exciting, yes? Um, can somebody hop on the keys for me? Oh, you had to pass off a baby. Uh, would you just close your eyes, Lord? Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you for a narrative bigger than me. Thank you for a storyline. Thank you for grafting us in, Lord. Thank you for having a plan to rescue me. Thank you. Yeah, I just feel the Holy Spirit whispering all throughout the room, you've been bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. You're not your own. This is a relief. Just like Abby was singing earlier, you're too good to let me go, but you're also too good to let me continue in things that are not holy, Lord. You're too good. You're too good to let me limp along in this walk, Jesus. You're too good to let me be lukewarm. You're too good to let me have one foot in and one foot out. You're too good, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just invite you, before you leave tonight, there's a fresh invitation to surrender your will to the Lord. Oh, I see some of you with your calendars and your planners. To surrender your will to the Lord. I see you with your phone. I see you with certain contacts. Surrender, 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 surrender. I just feel the Lord saying, some of you are going to be miserable until you surrender that. It's going to keep making you frustrated. Keep making you miserable until you let that go. Oh, his kindness, his kindness, his kindness, his kindness will lead you to repentance. His kindness will lead you to repentance. He's too good to let you go. Oh, that incorruptible seed. Some of you, that seed is wiggling around and it is irritating you because it's coming up against things that are unholy and unrighteous and it's saying you can't abide here you can't have both and so I just encourage you surrender 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 oh grow seed of God in your people tonight you are not your own you've been bought you've been bought some of you this is just a great relief oh it's all up to him thank you lord thank you jesus thank you jesus now would you just for the next couple minutes would you just tell yourself lord i'm available for your your purposes, your will, your burden. Lord, where I don't understand, where I don't understand why you returning matters, where I don't understand why Israel matters, I give you my understanding. I avail myself, Lord, to a story bigger than me. Oh, we avail ourselves, Lord, to a story bigger than us. Oh, da 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 ba Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just take a few minutes to do business with the Lord. Oh, his voice today, if you hear it, do not harden your heart. Today, if you hear it, do not harden your heart. Give the money, make the phone call, ask for forgiveness, release the person, break off the contact, let throw the thing away, burn it in the trash. Tell someone, confess your sin. Oh, today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. This is the day. This is the day. This is the moment. If you harden your heart to his voice today, your heart will get harder. And it's no place to be. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
Oh, Jesus, he says, forgive as quickly and completely as the Lord has forgiven you. Thank you, Lord. We hold no record of wrongs. We hold no record of wrongs. Oh, we hold no record of wrongs, your people, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I get the altar team to come up? <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Take over every moment, Lord. Be Lord of every part of our lives. What I eat, what I drink, what I watch, who I'm with, what I say, what I think. Come and be Lord. 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 If you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never surrendered to his lordship, if you're in need of a seed that is incorruptible of salvation, I just invite you to come and receive prayer. In fact, the team's here to pray with you about any and everything. This is a good time to confess sin, a good time to ask for help, a good time to have someone agree with you in prayer. The Lord says, cast your burdens on me. I care for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for caring for us. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. I just feel to make a, um, I just want to make a statement as a house in light of the, the hostage situation yesterday. Lord, we just, would you guys just enter into prayer with me for a second? I feel like it's an important thing to do in this spirit. Lord, we stand with our Jewish brothers and sisters. We stand with the Jewish people. We pray that you would protect them, that you would hem them in before and behind. stand with them, Jesus. We stand with your people, Lord. We stand with your people, Lord. We stand with your people, Lord. Oh, we stand with your people, Lord. <laughs> oh, what an honor to stand with your people, Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> 